some thoughts about what is God doing through Christ? What is He doing? What are His objectives? Now, on this, I'm dealing with foundational things. There's a lot of uh, secondary matters God is doing that pertains to individuals and individual congregations and so forth, but I'm now I'm do, going deeper. I'm more foundational on these. Mm-hmm. The first thing that I want to mention is that what God is doing, He's reconciling the world to Himself. Yes. That's Second Corinthians five eighteen to twenty. God was in Christ, yes. reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, but reconciling the world to Himself. Amen. And Colossians one twenty one says, "We that were sometimes enemies and afar off, now hath He reconciled." That is, there's a unanimity or an agreement between God and men. Outside of Christ, God and man do not agree. Now even uh, patriarchs like Abraham, they didn't have this kind of agreement like we're talking about. God didn't divulge very much to Abraham at all, all about the nation is but Abraham believed that we're going deeper now than yes. than this sort of thing. God's objective is that men would think like him. Yes. Amen. On matters pertaining to men. Mm-hmm. You understand that God's yes. thinking extends beyond right. the human race and beyond this present world. Mm-hmm. Thinking to me is kind of a weak word to apply to God in the first place, but we're talking about things pertaining to men and pertaining to this world. What What is God doing? He's in the process of yes. reconciling, bringing people into agreement with Himself, into agreement with what the what who He is, into agreement with who Christ is, yes. into agreement with what the world is, into agreement with what Satan is, yes. into agreement with what the world is. That's what he's doing. Yes, amen. That actually is quite an extensive work. Yes, amen. And uh, it takes your entire lifetime that you'll be doing this. That's right. And you'll be getting closer to this heart of things. As you uh, as you're brought into agreement with God, reconciled to Him, you begin kind of out, out on the peripheral mm-hmm. part. But as you get in closer, you get closer to God, His purpose, His intention, mm-hmm. and you have fellowship with God and with Christ, agreement with Him. All sin results from being out of agreement with God. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. errors in judgment yes. result from not being in agreement with God. Yes. All mistakes, blunders, mm-hmm. short-sightedness, it all is the result of not being in agreement with That's God. Right. Amen. So God is bringing us into agreement with Himself. Now secondly, God is 
Sister June read the text, is taking out a people for his name. Now, this goes beyond like his consideration of the whole world. God so loved the world. See, there's a, there's a, a way God, of dealing, God dealing with all the world. Now, we're talking about something deeper than yes, this, yeah, more right. profound than this. God is taking out of the world a people for his name Amen. or for himself yes. or a people for, with whom he's going to have profound involvement. A people he's going to bring into his purpose. Now, because he's taking out a people for his name, he sends the grace of God that brings salvation to these people yes. to teach them to deny ungodliness and yes. worldly lusts Amen. and to live soberly, righteously, and godly in his present world. Why? Because he's taking out the people for his name. Yes. Amen. That's right. And this people have to be an informed people. They can't learn these things academically. You can't just like read the Bible and come to know these things like God, like God intends you to know Him. He doesn't intend you to know these things like intellectually. He intends you to know them experientially. So you recognize these things. So grace teaches you because God is taking out a people for His own name. And through the script, through the Spirit, Romans 8, 13 and 26 says that through the Spirit we mortify or put to death the deeds of the body. Why do we mortify and put to death the deeds of the body? Because God is taking out a people for yes. His name. Amen. That Amen. people cannot be distracted by their bodies which are crying out for attention. Yes. Amen. Your body wants attention. But he's teaching you if you're if you're going to be part of what God's doing, you want to mortify the deeds of the body. Amen. Because that will retard this process over here and may eliminate it altogether. Jesus presently is making intercession for us. Why is he making intercession? Because God is taking out a people for his name. Yes. And his intercession bridges the gap between yes. here and there and now and then. Amen. His right. intercession covers the yes. period that he's, he's readying us to be with him. And we can't, it just involves more than what we do. Yes. We're, in, we're involved. There are things we are to do. Make no mistake about it. There are things the Holy Spirit teaches us to do. Grace teaches us to do. But that's not enough. Yes. Jesus is making intercession for us so that the people will be a suitable people when they get there. And for that matter, you've got the holy angels that are sent forth to minister for those who shall be heirs of salvation. Why are they? Why? Are they, why? It's because God is calling out a people for himself. Right. And so the holy angels are part of these ministers that are helping to prepare us to be with the Lord is for himself mm -hmm. he's not calling out a people for a project yeah, that's right. or for an institution or for a particular theological view or for a particular body of people no we're called out for himself Amen. that's who we're for for himself so salvation is all designed yeah. to assist you in feeling 
shall I say, comfortable in His presence. You're being called out for God Himself. So you, there's grace for you to feel at home in His presence. For you to delight in His presence. For you to aspire to be like Him. Another thing that God is doing, what is God doing through Christ? He's negating the influence of the devil. The devil is the prince, God of this world. He's the prince of the power of the air. He has a phenomenal scope of power and influence. But God is doing, what he's doing is negating the influence of the devil. Jesus gave himself that he might destroy the works of the devil. See, that's what he's doing. The devils had run roughshod over the entire world for 4,000 years. And it looked like he couldn't be defeated. Mm -hmm. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Because his purpose is to take out a people for his name, and that Mm -hmm. necessitates the negation of Satan's efforts. He destroyed in his death him that had the power of death. Why did he destroy him? Yes. It wasn't just that he was bad. That isn't why he destroyed him. He cast him out of heaven. He didn't destroy him then. Mm-hmm. He didn't destroy him then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He destroyed him insofar as his neutralizing his power when Christ died. But ultimately, he's, he's going to be cast into the lake of fire. Right. Amen. Why? Because God's called out a people for himself and yes. everybody else is rejected. Yes. That includes men and angels. Yes. If your number, if you since you're among those that have been called out for God's name, know this mm-hmm. that Satan has his works have been destroyed, his power has been destroyed, yes. and he cannot he does not have a rejoinder for you saying no. Amen. That's right. That's why we are to resist the devil. Right. How do you resist him? Yeah. Steadfast in the faith. Yes. Knowing in yourself that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So you resist the devil. Why? Because you've been called out to be what part of God's people. Amen. To be joined unto him. Another thing is doing in the earth, doing through Christ. He's readying a people to reign with Jesus. Now, you notice in all these things, when you get caught up in the personal lives of other people, you forget about every single one of these things. That's just what happens. You may have noble... Noble ambitions, you know, but this is this is what happens. Yes. So he's readying the people to reign with Jesus. If we suffer with him, yes. we shall reign with him. That's yes. that's the that's objective. Right. Not just be with him, yes. to be with him is true, but to reign with him. Yes. And Jesus said that whoever overcomes will sit with me in my throne. Yeah. Well, that's a reigning that's a reigning position. That's right. And Hebrews twelve twenty eight says, Seeing that we've received a kingdom, a kingdom. Yeah. How do you receive a kingdom? That's a, that's a position of a reigning person. Yeah. 
We've received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Why serve him with reverence and godly fear? Because we're being schooled to reign. Amen, that's right. Not to attempt to reign. We're going to reign with Christ. We're joint heirs with Christ. We're admonished in Colossians 1.10, Walk worthy of the Lord, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Why why should you do that? Why why walk worthy? (laughs) That means God doesn't have to blush when your name is mentioned. You're worthy. Why should you do this? Why should you be fruitful? Why? Why should you increase in knowledge of God? Because you have been taken out of the world for God. That's why. You're being cultured and prepared to be where there isn't any world. And there isn't any devil. And there isn't any flesh and blood. And there isn't any sin. You're being nurtured for that. So it makes perfect sense to him walk worthy and yes, be yeah. fruitful and increase the knowledge of God and that's why we're co-laborers with God as 1 Corinthians 3 9 says we're laborers together with God why are we laborers together with God that's tuning us up Amen. Yes, <laughs> for being for being with him he's taking he's taking the people out of the world eventually in totality will be lifted out from the world, even from the the grave. But now he's taking you out of the world, and on on our way out, we're becoming less and less content with the world. Amen. Yes. It just isn't as appealing as it used to be. Yeah, that's right. And becoming less and less appealing. Yes. We give ourselves to its affairs less and less. We only use the world for necessary uses. We use the world, not abuse the world. We use it as a tool for necessary uses that have to do with living in the world. But we do it in the name of the Lord because we're being taken out of the world. I'm sure that all of you tonight are less worldly than you used to be. Now here's why you are. God's taken you out. (laughs) That's why. He's taken you out for his name. Now another thing, God is preparing a people to rule the world to come. Mark 10.29 says that if you forsake you listen who you forsake. In the world to come, you'll obtain eternal life. Mm-hmm. Hebrews 2 5, God reminds you that it's the world to come of which we speak. Mm-hmm. Now, Daniel foresaw this obtaining the world to come factor. He said, The time came when the saints, this is Daniel 7. Verses 18, mm-hmm. when the saints took the kingdom. That's right. Verses 22 and 27. 22 says, the time came when the saints possessed That's right. the kingdom. See, this is what he's taking the people out for. That's right. Possessed the kingdom. And Daniel 
727 says, And the whole kingdom, all of it, was given to the saints of the Most High God, and they'll reign forever and ever. Yes. So there you are. God's, that's what God's ready in you. That's what God's ready in the people for. Amen. The whole kingdom's going to be given to us. Yes, amen. Now, it's not only to us. We're going to be joint heirs, you yes. understand. Yes. But that's a big... Uh, we're talking about a big thing. That's right. I'll tell you that the longer you're in Christ, the less you have to do a small thinking. That's right. Amen. Small amen. thoughts caught up in the incidentals of life. You'll find yourself... No one has to tell you to do this. Mm-hmm. You'll find yourself less and less inclined to get, become overly involved in those sort of things. Why? Because you're being ready to rule Amen. the world to come. Yes. Jesus gave a parable, you remember, of the ten virgins, five wise and five foolish. And in that he said, uh, he spoke of people that were good and faithful servants in it all into the joy of the Lord. The end objective wasn't just to be good and faithful servants. The purpose was that these good and faithful servants would be given charge of the kingdom. Not as individuals, it's as a body of people were going to be given charge. Yes. In the world, when someone was given charge, it was they had some kind of a leader that led them. But we're uh, jointly we're going to be in charge with Jesus being the the leader, so Amen. to speak. Right. And he said to them, good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make thee ruler. Amen. <laughs> I will make thee ruler. Amen. Now, you don't have to live long to find out you're not a ruler right now. Amen. If we were rulers now, there's a lot of things we could resolve. But yeah. we, we're not rulers now. That's right. No, we're not. In your own body, you can rule your body, but we're going. This is. It's not always going to be like it is now. Amen. Thou shalt be ruler over many things. And Jesus, he, uh, he's carrying out this implementation of this purpose in Romans eight twenty eight. Whom he foreknew. Then he also predestinated yeah. to be conformed to the image of his son, whom he predestinated. Then he also called, yes. whom he called. Mm-hmm. Then he also justified, and whom he justified. Then he also glorified. Amen. All right, that's the reign. That's when you commence the reign. Amen. That, that's what he's ta- he's taking the people out for glorification. Yes. Glorification is ruling. It isn't just it isn't just that you shine a lot. It has to do with ruling and reigning. That's right. Amen. With Christ. And we are currently here's what God is doing. We're talking about what God's doing now. We're being changed. Not just to be different, we're being changed to adapt to the where we're going. We're being changed from glory unto glory, of one increasing stage of glory to another. We're becoming brighter and brighter, or more and more like Christ. Why? Because we're going where Christ is. Amen. 
That's why. Yes. And that's what God is doing in the world. But that isn't all he's doing. God is showing heavenly hosts how wise he is by the church. That's right. Amen. <laughs> this is Ephesians 3, 10, and 11. That now under principalities and powers and heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold or diverse wisdom of God. Now you may think about this. I've thought about this quite a bit. What angels must think of what they see in the professed church. Well, there's no reason why they have to be disappointed because he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness and exceeding great and precious promises that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature. And there's some things angels would never know these are superior angels. This is not the run-of-the-mill angels. These are the superior angels, principalities and powers angels. They would never know if it wasn't for the church. They in heaven, nobody in, no personality in heaven had ever witnessed mercy. There wasn't any mercy. Zero mercy, even though God's merciful. It was never expressed the one example that needed some mercy, Satan and his angels were thrown out. There wasn't any mercy. There wasn't any love like you've experienced. Whoever resisted God was kicked out. There wasn't grace and mercy. God had it, but it wasn't expressed. Yeah, that's right. But God wanted it expressed. God wanted who he is to be known. It couldn't be known unless he created this race of mankind and put them in a temporal world so he could show, demonstrate in them how wise he is, how loving he is, how gracious he is, how merciful he is. The angels could pick up on it and say, oh, they'd be glad when they saw that. In the end, when everyone rejoices and sings, the angels are going to join in and praise God for his mercy because of what they've seen. Then they'll see the end result of the mercy of God, what it actually produced. It produced a people that were acceptable to God and could reign with Christ. You know, in 1 Peter 1.12, it speaks about the gospel that the other prophets didn't know, but he said, which things angels desire to look into. They know enough about salvation to want to know some more. Amen. That's right. They'd never seen anything like this before. Just remember, when you see someone that's saved, you see someone that's sanctified. Nobody in heaven before Jesus ever saw anybody like this. Amen. So let's give them something to see. That's what I say. Amen. Let's shed forth the glory of God. It'll make angels happy and rejoice. Because they'll see in it what God has has done. And, of course, he's conforming, finally, he's conforming people to the image of his son. Changing them. Because it can't be that the people he's been working with end up unlike his son. I mean, this, (laughs) this is why Israel was cut off. It's also why they're going to be grafted in again. Because they have to be like, yeah. like the Son. Amen. That's right. Not like the Word before He came. Uh-huh. 
That's not what we're talking about. That's right. It's like he was when he became a man. Amen. Yes. When he hum he humbled he humbled himself so you could see what you're going to be. Oh boy, that's a that's a wonderful, wonderful thing to consider. So what God what is God doing in Christ? Well, you can see this are just some things off the top of my head, but it's marvelous. Yes. His work is marvelous. I commit those things to you, brother. Amen.